Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. This is Taylor Swift having eaten dinner, walking to a car 10 feet away. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Buying cozy pants, even though we already have 37 pairs of cozy pants. With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. I really need to get started on my day while scrolling Instagram and definitely not getting started on our day. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Eating off our kids' plates for emergency sustenance. Sometimes that half a cold grilled cheese hits just right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy, and this week, yeah, I just don't get it. I don't know. Not for us. I just don't get it. Our dear friend Melanie came to our Facebook group where there's always a great conversation. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh hell cast. You can just look up what fresh hell podcast Facebook group. You'll find it. She said, I have a show idea. We're always open to hear your show ideas. She said things that it seems everyone in the world loves, but you don't get it. You know, I had a book that I self-published with a friend called There I Said It, maybe seven or 10 years ago. I am hearing this for the very first time. You have a book floating around out there? Yeah, I have a self-published like collection of essays with friends called There I Said It, and everybody wrote a very funny essay, our you know writer, comedian friends, about, it was all musicians, this one. Like, who was the musician that you just don't get, who was just not for you, no matter what anybody else says? So I wrote one about Tom Waits, and, you know, everybody in there from like... <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I didn't know this, because the song Downtown Train by Tom Waits might be in my top five. I love the song, but I don't know Baby why you have to have Cookie Monster singing it. <laughs> How dare you? How? I'm sorry, guys. This is what you're listening to is the end of the What Fresh Hell podcast. We had no idea. This is the last ever episode of the What Fresh Hell podcast. You know, I don't think that we should today decide who's right and who's wrong here. It's just we're just airing grievances. No, we're not here to fight, although we could. We could fight. That the whole point is like you love Tom Waits. And I'm like, what you hear when you listen to Tom Waits is a different frequency than what I hear because it isn't the same. It couldn't be. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not for me. This is my brother-in-law and tomatoes. He loves tomatoes. And like, for him, a fresh summer tomato is the greatest thing on earth. I don't mind the taste of tomatoes. I like tomato sauce. But hitting a tomato in a sandwich ruins my whole day. Like a slice of 
mealy, watery, bleeding seeds, nasty tomato. It's the worst thing that can ever happen to me. And it's like he can't sleep at night when there are fresh summer tomatoes and I don't want them on my plate. And you still don't like them. But they're not mealy if they're fresh. That's the problem. Like you put a tomato in the refrigerator, just throw it out. Put it directly from the refrigerator into the garbage can because it's not useful anymore. But a fresh one from the farm stand. How you taste a refrigerated tomato is how I taste every tomato. Right, right, right. I'm not going to change you. And that's the thing. We're going to fight. I can't promise. I'm going to stick up for some of my people who are maligned. I cannot just let someone call Tom Waits Cookie Monster and let it slide. Amy, have we met? That's not me. Well, that's an old deluxe alert to many of our listeners. But when it comes to singers, there was one. (sighs) Download the song Downtown Train. Yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. And just be happy or be miserable, depending on if you're a Margaret or an Amy. So the musician that our listeners wanted to talk about, no surprise, the person who has completely taken over every conversation about everything at this moment, Taylor Swift. So Melanie kicked it off. She was like, my thing that everybody in the world loves and I don't get it. She's not, I hate. It's not, I hate. It's, I don't get it. I'm not like, I don't think there should be Taylor Swift. I just don't get it, Melanie says. I mean, she's okay, but why do people lose their minds over her? One of my students went into debt to pay $4,000 for a ticket and it wasn't even a good seat. She just doesn't get it. I think there is something to the experience. When I was a young, I knew a guy who was a vendor at the Bulls stadium and he somehow got me in. I didn't even sit for the whole game, but I was like his like vendor helper for the day. And I walked in to Bulls Stadium and I watched Michael Jordan play basketball for like 10 minutes because I felt that existing on earth in the age of Michael Jordan, one should see him live. I don't care at all about basketball. I'm not a basketball person, but I just want to die saying I saw Michael Jordan play basketball. That was important to me. And you also weren't there to be like, is he good or not? Is he the greatest? Mm, I don't like you weren't there to judge. You just were there to see it because it's something everybody's talking about at the moment. I feel a tremendous amount of camaraderie with people who are like, this is the year of Taylor Swift, right? Or last year was probably who knows? We'll see what happens this year. Oh, my gosh. I hope it ends soon. The year of Taylor Swift. But we're in it for sure. Yeah, I get liking her and I get not liking her. But I really get wanting to see that show because it was the show of the year in the year of Taylor Swift. I get it. I'm not here to malign Taylor Swift because I think Taylor Swift is probably just as tired as the rest of us with her every movement being dissected, right? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Although also she's in an industry where... I saw something the other day. I was scrolling past something on Instagram and someone was like, when this happens on your block. And I was like, oh, it's an electrical short, like the wires. You know, have you ever seen like when wires explode and it's like. (laughs) And that's what I literally thought it was a picture of. And then I realized it was a picture of Taylor Swift leaving a restaurant. There must have been. (laughs) I am not joking when I say there must have been 150 photographers taking a picture of Taylor. This is Taylor Swift having eaten dinner, walking to a car 10 feet away. Approximately seven steps to a waiting vehicle, yeah. She's got her head down, a very blank expression, and it truly looked like when an electrical wire shorts out. Like that amount of light and flashiness. And here's the thing. Back in the day, I was the biggest Madonna fan of all time. Am I going to see Madonna in concert now? Yes, I am. I'm going next week. You are? Yes, I am. 
What night? The 22nd. I'm going the 24th. (laughs) We could have been there together. I can't believe it. So I'm going. But this is how it was. Like, if I heard Madonna was somewhere, I would have, like, climbed a tree to just peer at her. I saw her a couple of times live. I mean, I saw every concert she ever did, including the upcoming one. But I was this kind of fan of Madonna. Like, if I had heard, like, if you scale this, like, scaffolding and, like, lean 10 feet over, you could catch a glimpse of her left heel, I would do it. I like fandom. I like fans, and I'm pro-fandom. But fandom is for the young, because like when Madonna was a thing, I think your mom and my mom would have been, without even asking them, equally like, yeah, I don't get it. Like, what's the thing? And that's, I'm kind of too old for Taylor Swift. Like, she seems nice. She seems like a nice girl. Her songs are good. I don't get it. But it's because fandom, she's that generation's. People who are young enough to really care about something really care about her. I think historically, there's been, like Madonna was, like my parents did not get Madonna. They were appalled by it. She was like dancing around in bras with like crucifixes and like burning them and like kissing girls. And they were like, ah, she's leading Margaret down the garden path to hell. Like they were frightened by her. Singing songs about pregnancy out of wedlock. Yep, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, I was a fan. I think that there's something about Taylor Swift that like she has this weird magic charm where she seems like the nicest person alive, it, like the girl, but she also somehow pulls off like, I'm not cool. I'm the kid on the bleachers. Like who? Me? Right. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. Yeah. Like I'm just a dork who loves cats. It's like, you look like a supermodel. She somehow covers like 9 million different bases. She does. I give her huge, huge props. And I also, I mean, you can't become this person without backlash. Like when you're the most popular person in the world, people are like, actually, I hate her. Sarah says she would absolutely sob if she met Taylor Swift and she's a 36 year old. I wouldn't sob, but I'd be like, I would do this. I'd point at her and I'd go, you go, girl. That's what I would do. I give her mad respect. It's so popular that there has to be a backlash, which transitions to the other thing that listeners reported as the thing they don't get <laughs> wow. in the comments. Do you think they hard. came hard for Taylor Swift? Kristen says, Stanley Cups. Why must you be on trend with a stupid, huge, expensive metal water bottle walking around sucking on a straw all day? They look like giant plastic truck stop mugs. Yeah, Taylor Swift should do a Stanley Cup ad and then these people's heads would explode because they really are tired of the overwhelm. I mean, Stanley Cups is one of those. It's truly a fad. Like, I was trying to think of equivalents from our day where it's like every single person has to have a spree sweatshirt. This thing. I mean, there's been millions of them. This spree sweatshirt. But we drank like eight ounces of water a day. Like when I was a kid, like I just got my sister-in-law, who's about 20 years younger than me. She, I didn't get her a Stanley Cup. You know, she's not into labels. She's not that kind of person, but she did want it. Okay. She's too cool for that. An absolutely giant, insulated, straw-topped cup to take around in her busy life. But she has a long commute. I don't really spend much time in the car. And I think that might be why the, the Stanley Cup dog whistle is not one I'm hearing. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. Like all of my nieces and nephews carry mm-hmm. a jug of water about everywhere they go, like pioneers. I'm like, we have that available. We have a lever in the kitchen and you could just get yourself a cup. You don't 
we're not in end times. You don't actually have to carry around 32 ounces of water by a handle at all times. I mean, yeah, I used to carry around a bottle of Vevion, a plastic bottle of Vevion with the top. Now I'm trying to be, you know, stay away from single use plastic because I live in the world. But certainly when I was in college, I remember my boyfriend's mom saying to us as we you know, lolled about her home with twin Evian bottles that we would untwist the top, take a sip, and then twist the top back on. She was like, why do, why do you need a bottle with you? And the other thing I want to know is why do you put the, why do you screw the top back on after every sip? We had no answers for her. She just didn't get it. Yeah, it's just how we did things. It's just how we <laughs> right. did things, boyfriend's mom. That's just how we rolled. Yeah, the Stanley Cup thing, it feels very, I recently walked into some big store, like, let's call it a Target, it was probably a Target. And I mean, you walk in, and there's like a football feel sized table with three different layers, like a sandwich stand in fancy England, like a three levered gigantic table that runs like the length of the store and it was just all those cups yeah like okay i don't get it but i'm glad you're hydrating are there enough people who want i guess there are and you definitely like as i go to school pick up every single person mostly females are carrying one i mean it's like it's you have one in your hand at all times or why even be seen outside in public here's what i'm gonna say i think some downtimes are coming for stanley cups and it is because they, I think, are actually very well constructed. They were originally constructed for, like, I think, construction workers to use. Like, they were for, like, sure hard daily use. And then somehow now they're cool. Yeah. We have them to, like, carry chili around. <laughs> That's what I think of them They're for. They're very well constructed. And here's what I'm going to say. Once you have one $40 Stanley Cup you don't need 10. And this whole idea that you need the new color, I don't think that's going to last that long. And then like it's like Crocs. Like Crocs were huge, but Crocs are indestructible. So once you have a pair of Crocs, you don't need, you don't need another pair, pair of, Crocs. of Crocs. And that was tough on Crocs. They'll wave through. Like I bought Crocs again this Christmas time. Yeah, they don't. I have a pair of Crocs that don't look like Crocs. Like they look just look like sandals. And I took them on vacation and I wear them every day, like day, night, whatever. I was wearing stealth Crocs and you couldn't tell. I'm all for it. <laughs> I also have a pair of stealth Crocs that I like. But yeah, I mean, they'll wave through, but you're right. I do think they'll be like different colors. You match them to the outfit. It's a fad. And old people like us poo-poo fads, which is what we're here to do. Those are big ones. Yeah, those are the big ones. All right. So those were our two biggest criminals. Taylor Swift and Stanley Cups where people came hard for. And let me say, back off on Tay-Tay, but okay. Stanley Cups, I'll meet you. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back with a little, a few deeper cuts on things that people just don't get. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. 
Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So Emily says she just doesn't get yoga. I'm a millennial white woman, Emily says. I feel like I'm supposed to live and breathe yoga, but I just can't get into it. I like yoga. I wish they had a kind of yoga that was all the stretchy and bendy and none of the like goonie-goo-goo stuff. You don't want to like hold one nostril and breathe. I'm always annoyed when I start a class with that stuff. No, I don't want to turn to people at the end and hold my hands in a prayer position and bow to them and say namaste. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Just do the Peloton yoga classes or the aloe moves at home alone, and then you won't have to be alone. I take up a yoga class that I love, but it's just, I don't like the spiritual side of it. I mean, yeah, it's like soul cycle. Anything where I'm supposed to like, I'm not into that part of it. I do like the stretching and the bending and the stronging, especially as I get older. I love the movements, But I could do without the kind of fake we're at a gym and then suddenly we're in some sort of spiritual thing. I think yoga historically in its countries of origin is a spiritual practice. Right. It is a spiritual practice. Right. And I respect that too much to be like saying namaste to people at the YMCA. I don't know. It bothers me. So I just kind of half-heartedly do it. And I I don't want to be the person rolling my eyes at it either. That's not quite right. But... I wish there was a class called like Stretchy Bendy that I could do without having to get into saying namaste. With absolutely no breath of fire. Not because, let me be very clear, that I object to it. I just feel... It's up for you. You just don't get it. ...goofy doing it, and I don't get it. Savange says she doesn't get the hype around Costco or Aldi. They're not, no different than regular grocery stores, she says. I have nothing to say here. I have no, no opinion on Costco and Aldi. I'm a Costco user. I do like Costco. You have to know what you're there for. That's the thing. I have said before, I like to go to Costco. I get all my vacuum-packed meats for like the next three months. And then every night I go to the freezer and I'm like, I got some steaks. I pull them out. I put them in a water bath and I make them for dinner. Like I do really like that experience. Like they, I got like nine packs of one night's worth of ground beef. And then they're in the freezer, pull them out, defrost them. It's spaghetti and meatballs, people. Of course, you could do that at the regular grocery store. I, I'm going to be Chevanger in this conversation, but couldn't you just go get nine packs of ground beef at the grocery store? Are they cheaper at Costco? Okay. All right, you could, all right. but they would be more expensive. So like, that's the thing. Costco is very dangerous. I had to cut myself off of my Costco membership. When I first had kids, we were like scraping by, didn't have 
any spare money in the bank. And I would go to Costco and regularly spend like $500 plus because it's just easy to do. You're like, oh, let me get my diapers and my wipes and this and oh, and I'll get razors while I'm here. And you have to really have a game plan for Costco to make it work. Kara has one that I am so team Kara on this one. Love Actually. I just don't get this movie. I literally have no idea why this movie was not straight to video. Kara, you're correct. This is a terrible movie. I remember seeing it and hating it in the theater. It's not on my radar at all. I don't even... Yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies people are like, let's cuddle up and make popcorn and watch Love Actually because it's Christmas time. And like, I tried to watch it. Oh, is it a Christmas movie? I think at some point, you know, Christmas is in it. Like Christmas happens during the movie. So people consider it a Christmas movie in that sort of diehard way, like Christmas walks by. So it counts. Definitely saw in the theater. Definitely was like, that was lame. And then it's one of those movies that lives on. I think because it's romantic. Like, I, I'm a sucker for a good romance, but it didn't get me that one. Yeah, yeah. That one did not get me either. It has some good actors in it, too. Like, it was one of those movies, I think, where the people weren't very famous. Oh. And then they all kind of became famous. Now everybody from the movie is kind of, you know what I mean? Like, they all went on to be famous. I don't know. I saw it in the theater and I was like, don't get it. I'm almost afraid to ask this one. Kate says she didn't get the Barbie movie. She just didn't get it. I think Barbie movie is one of those victims of its own success. It's Taylor Swift again. Yeah. It's Taylor. Like, if I had watched it, I think it was fun. You know, you hear, like, they're making a Barbie movie, and you think it's going to be, like, a Barbie movie, and then it's kind of a send-up of Barbie and a feminist attitude. It's, is it a little bit on the nose at times? Yes. But... I just thought she's so beautiful and I thought the visual design was so fun. I saw it, I don't know, two weeks ago, like way after it came out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was definitely too hyped. I think if it wins Best Picture, people will say, really? But man, movies are so subjective. We just watched that movie May, December. Have you seen it? Oh, no, no, I want to. I want you to see it so we can discuss it. It's If we get it or not. It's fascinating. It's really interesting. I had a really interesting reaction to the it. The source material is very interesting to me. Look it up if you know what this movie is about. It's bonkers. It's definitely not. It's a story that we all lived through when it happened. I don't know. I thought it was fascinating. And it just reminds me of like movies. There's, they hit different. It depends where you see it. It depends everything about it. Exactly. If I saw Barbie the weekend it came out, I would have come up in like an evangelist for like, you got to see this movie because it would have really surprised me, right? If you waited too long to see it, then you're like, it's not that good. I think you're right. Like anything that you wait too long to get on the bandwagon for, the bandwagon will seem baffling to you. There's a point where it's too late. I also appreciate it. Here's what I'm going to say for Barbie. I think that we, I mean, I went to a women's college. I'm like very feminist. I've read all the books. I think it seems a little like twee to me, like, okay, we get it. But I will say like my sons see that movie because it's got Ryan Gosling and it's fun and it's bright and it's pink and they don't know those messages. And I think it's cool that it is sneaking some really interesting ideas in front of people who think they're just watching a fun movie. Right. And in front of a massively popular movie. I, I will brook no criticism of the Barbie movie because of that. Clore and I are of one mind. <laughs> Starbucks, I don't have, there's nothing for me at a Starbucks. I mean, lit, well, I don't drink coffee. So that's, yeah, that's a large part thick, of their menu. Yeah, obviously. But I would drink almost anything like fun, caloric drink. That seems like it should. And I love to have a hot drink. There's nothing I will drink at a Starbucks. I don't like their tea. I'm a tea drinker. I don't like the way they make a chai. I love a chai tea latte in the right, but I don't like the taste of theirs. 
the chai is like, yeah, it's like cotton candy floss in hot water. It's really sweet. But it's oddly like also not sweet enough for me. It's funny. Like there's a, I like a chai that tastes like an oatmeal cookie. Like I like a sweet chai, but theirs is just <laughs> not right. I don't know. There's, we go to Starbucks. My kids, of course, like from TikTok, like Starbucks and we walk in. Right. The pink drink and the this and the that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we'll sit for 20 minutes. I just, there's nothing. I don't like their hot chocolate. There's nothing for me on a Starbucks menu. What about their shaken uh, green tea lemonade? I don't like green tea. What about their shaken? Um, they have a, like a papaya tea with lemonade. How about no, that? I'm not interested in that. There's nothing for me. If under pain of, you know, penalty, I would probably get froth hot milk with like a little bit of hazelnut syrup in it. That's if I had okay. to. That's your like gun to head Starbucks drink. <laughs> yeah. But who cares? I'm not interested. Okay. Maya, I am so with you. Yep. Jeep ownership as a personality trait. Maya doesn't get it. We have a Jeep and I don't get why Jeep personality, why Jeep ownership is important or something that should happen. I don't want to drive our Jeep. I don't understand it. It's a weird car. All my life, I wanted a Jeep. I love Jeeps and I love Jeeps because I want to be the kind of person who drives a Jeep. Like I want Jeep as my personality. <laughs> Jeep girl, hashtag Jeep mom. For my significant recent birthday, I purchased... I had driven a convertible when I was in LA, a Volkswagen uh, Cabriolet. And driving with the top down to me is like free paradise. It's just, there's something about being in a convertible that makes me happy in a way that I feel like I have simple pleasures. I've, I've talked about the hot tub. We have a hot tub. I'm like, I get in that hot tub. I'm like, just call me Mrs. Bezos. Like I might as well be a billionaire. I'm sitting in a hot tub. I love it. But here's the thing about a Jeep. It's not a convertible. I mean, they have a hard top that it takes 32 people to put on, and it's the heaviest thing you ever lifted. And then you can put the soft top on, and then you can take the doors off. But it's like, at least I've been in Margaret's convertible. It's adorable. And it's also extremely like top up, top down. Like if I'm, I think it's too windy, I can easily change into something else. A Jeep is going to take like a long weekend to change into the kind of car that you want to drive when it's raining. And then it's like breezy everywhere. Yeah. So I ended up for my significant birthday getting a Volkswagen bug convertible and one touch convertible. It's mm -hmm. the greatest purchase of my life. I love it. But I think I think you're right. I think I ended up where I wanted to be because I, I don't really want a Jeep with the kids and stuff. I don't want them in it. But I'm loving the convertible lifestyle, but maybe the Jeep would be too breezy. The Jeep is too, like we took the doors off. Like my husband was so excited to get a Jeep and then immediately take most of it off, you know, like start like throwing the parts aside as soon as we got it. And then we, yeah, we were going like 25 miles per hour on a road and the kids were like, dad, it's so cold back here. And it was, you know, not a cold day. It was, it was just a, a failed experiment. I think you just think I'm going to get a Jeep and I'm going to become cool and I'm going to spend all my time surfing in Malibu even though I live in Lake Queens. Mm -mm. Yeah. Sadiq says, any clothing with words on your butt? Oh my gosh. I mean, I remember the juicy, like we're talking like 20 years ago, I had one that's a juicy. I think that's the one. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of other stuff with words on your butt. Are there new, yeah. I mean, we're probably missing it. Probably somebody listening is like, yes, there is. It's the Taylor Swift concert gear all says Tay-Tay on the Twitch. I guess jeans used to like designer jeans used to have words on your butt. Yeah. That's a good example, Amy, for the um, Stanley Cup, like juicy velour sweatsuits. 
what I don't know when that was 90s. I think that was like a Paris Hilton thing. Well, I had one when my my 21 year old was a baby and I could like, you know, got slowly back down to the size that I wanted to be after my kid was born. That that seemed important to me. And I treated myself by getting myself a juicy velour sweatshirt with what's juicy across. I was a mother. I was a <laughs> I had a I had a newborn and I was walking around. Like they that. were very I mean, that was the Stanley Cup. I mean, there. I was having trouble thinking of good examples, but that's what in just like universally adopted and then and you'll never see it again four years later. That's a good example of that. Well, Sadiq also says Hoka. Those are very popular right now. Can you picture those? Those are the sneakers with like the... I own Hoka's. Got a bad hip. You'll pry my Hoka's from me from my cold dead hands. I have Hoka's. They're not pretty, but they work is what you're saying. They're really good for working out. And I'm sorry. You, uh, if you're old, you'll get Hoka's more because they're very cushiony and they let you work out without pain. Okay. Brenna is coming in hot with a something she doesn't get for 2023 Bradley Cooper she doesn't get him <laughs> I mean I would say people usually think like him like he's handsome he's a good actor he sang with Lady Gaga at the Oscars that time I uh, my brother-in-law went to college with him for a year until he dropped out because he was already becoming a famous actor like I have no beef with Bradley Cooper but Brenna does he was the guy from Alias to me so that's an oldie luxe alert Jennifer Garner's star making thing was a show called Alias and he played like her nerdy friend she had a boyfriend but he played her nerdy friend and I just he's one of those people who's frozen in time for me every time I see him I'm like oh there's the nerd from Alias it's funny like how he's just it'll never be anything like but I can't see that movie where he's you know who does he play Bernard Leonard Bernstein like that's the nerd from Alias. I just I, I can't get him out of that mode for me. I feel like I see him in movies and I'm like he's handsome, so he's not actually going to be that good an actor. And then I'm like, yeah, he is though. Like he was good in this and the next he's movie. He's a good actor. I did not like that Lady Gaga movie, although I do like the song. I do like the shallow. I didn't see the Lady Gaga movie, but yeah, the shallow low. Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, and they look like they were. Remember, they looked at each other and everybody's like, oh my god, they're actually in love. No, they were just good actors, both of them. Yeah, I think. I'm not a huge fan, I guess. I just look at him and I'm like, oh, it's that guy from Alias pretending to do something else. And that's not his fault. I get Bradley Cooper. I don't get him. I would say I don't get him. What about Takis? Chrissy says Takis are something she doesn't get. I mean, I'm going to make a very broad statement and then I'm going to see if it's actually true as we talk about it. I'm not a snack food person. I don't care. You don't care about snacks? I wouldn't eat a Dorito for $5. I don't care about snack foods. Takis, if people listening don't know what they are, they're kind of like Doritos with the, like, we'll put your mouth on fire. They're super, super spicy. They're like a Cheeto shaped Dorito. There was of. some Taki thing where if you ate too many, you would have like stomach problems. And one of my kids insisted this to me that he knew somebody from like the camp that he worked at where somebody ate so many Takis that they like caused gastritis and they ended up in the hospital. And I was like, Dude, that can't be what it was because there wouldn't be a food stuff like on the shelves in 2023 that actually like caused people to have severe gastritis. Like that didn't happen. It was probably like a sum total of some other bad decisions. And then a story came out like, whatever you do, don't eat those Takis or don't eat too many of them. Yeah, don't eat them all. Well, like Firebrand, we at some point <laughs> during a particularly bored moment of the pandemic purchased the world's hottest gummy bear. And we were doing the gummy bear challenge. And let me tell you, first of all, I expected it to taste like a gummy bear, but hot, but it was not, 
its flavor was like cayenne pepper. It didn't have any sweetness at all. I ate like the ear off of this thing and I was in agony for like a half an hour. It was large. It wasn't gummy bear sized. It was like- Like teddy bear sized? I mean, it was maybe like four inches tall, six inches tall and fat. Like it was a big world's hottest gummy bear. And very spicy. And I really thought like if you ate that whole thing, it would be very painful. It'd be like eating a tablespoon of wasabi. Like you could do it, but it's not a good idea. But yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't care for snacks. I'm not, I'm, salty snacks are not my thing. Sorry. Snacks, you don't get them. Okay, we'll be back with even more things we just don't get. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S P O R T S R E S E A R C H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. And now, things we definitely cannot live without. From the What Fresh Hell podcast my snacks. Whether we're eating cookies in the closet after telling our kid there are no snacks, or chowing down on the mini muffins that were supposed to be for the players after the soccer tournament, snacks are not optional. Saying, how is it January already? And then, how is it February already? And then, how is it March already? Every month for a whole year. Can't stop, won't stop. Buying cozy pants, even though we already have 37 pairs of cozy pants. 
saying, I really need to get started on my day while scrolling Instagram and definitely not getting started on our day. Eating off our kids' plates for emergency sustenance. Sometimes that half a cold grilled cheese hits just right. Watching really, really bad TV. Why is it so comforting? No idea. Not interested. Someone turn on Naked and Afraid. This has been Things We Definitely Cannot Live Without. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Delaney is not a fan of swimming pools, regardless of whether children are present. She doesn't like swimming pools. She doesn't get swimming pools. Let me correct that. She doesn't get them. I can see it. My sister, Kate, who we talk of often on the podcast, is a super swimmer. She like swims. She's in the ocean every day. She just like, she swims. You say that you call her a super swimmer. I've always wondered, is this a like, is that a thing? Like if I Googled super swimmer, would I see somebody who swims in the ocean? Okay. It's, it's- no, we call her super swimmy. She's just a super swimmy. She just loves to swim in the ocean. She like at 6 a.m. every morning, she's like, woohoo, and puts on a bathing suit and like runs down and swims around like a lunatic. That's just, she's super swimmy. And she won't get in a pool. I mean, she practices in a pool, but she won't just like get in a pool just to like swim around, you know, like she's not interested in a pool. (laughs) Just doesn't get it. And I can see it. I don't really get it. I love a pool. Love a swimming pool. I don't need to go in. I just, just to be near one and kind of dip my feet in maybe. Oh, but that, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a huge distinction. I love to be on the side of a swimming pool. I think we're talking about getting into them. Delaney says she's not a fan of swimming pools. She's just not a fan. I'm a total fan of the swimming pool afternoon at the pool experience. Agree, but I don't want to get in. I think that's okay. I think you're still a fan of swimming pools. I mean, I'm a big fan of swimming pools. My kids are happy in the swimming pool while I am happy kind of nearby. Yeah, like that's a great afternoon. Erin has an idea that I think is a whole other episode of the podcast, which is we're on the parent side now. Okay. Oh, yes. And that is a yes. I'll, I'll know She's that. talking about she doesn't get dirty <laughs> dancing. Babies, parents had legitimate concerns. <laughs> this made me howl when I read this. I have to go back and watch it, but I'm sure you're right, Erin. Oh, no, no, no. She goes, they go to a resort in the Adirondacks. With their ostensibly probably like 16-year-old girl. She's baby. She literally, they call her baby. Let's assume she's young. They call her baby. She's got to be in high, she's got to be 16 in the movie. Whereupon she encounters 35-year-old Patrick Swayze. (laughs) Ne'er-do-well. Who is like an (laughs) open-shirted ne'er-do-well dancer dude who dances incredibly sexy dances. And... From what we understand, also romances some of the elderly moms in the film. At least we understand that other people think he romances the kind of divorcees for money. Yes. He's too old for her. He's too old. He's, (laughs) as far as we can tell, a grifter. And then he starts taking off with their 16-year-old. I would be like... Uh, police involvement immediately. To teach her to dance, right? Their dancing lessons? Oh, really? Oh, really? But it's a romance. It's definitely, I mean, they're the category of films 
that were like parents are squares and now we're like actually the parents have a very good point that person is a ne'er-do-well with a very open shirt who romances divorcees for cash i don't want my 16 year old getting involved with him. Uh, um stay tuned for that episode because that's definitely an episode i mean i can i, I yeah sort of think yeah that. i mean there's got to be a mil- I bet basically every film from the 80s is we're team parents gina says timothy chalamet she just doesn't get Gina says he's a child and not that good looking. I just don't get it. And and this is where I stand. I'm like, he looks like a child to me. Again, I think I'm just too old to have an opinion on Timothy Chalamet. This is just we're old. Yeah. I now, I mean, I definitely remember, and my parents were, I think, much more apart from us than we are in this generation. Like, I feel like my daughter and I can get in the car and both listen to the same music that we both enjoy. That was not available to me with my, like if I was in the car with my parents, I was either listening to the Camelot soundtrack or Simon and Garfunkel on their CD player, or I had my headphones in and was listening to Madonna. Like my parents, there was no Venn diagram overlap between my music and my parents' music. Well, that's funny because I mean, I've been in the car with the five of us, three kids and my spouse and me and all five of us are listening to something different. (laughs) But it can happen that we all listen to the same thing. Yeah, I think that happens. But and I also I've always liked pop music. So I still like current pop music. So maybe that's what makes it easier between me and my daughter. But I used to look at my parents and think like, how do you just stop liking new music? Like, when does that that seem very mysterious to me that you would ever be like, I'm not into new music. It's just you don't know, like Timothy Chalamet, like I can conjure up what he looks like. I've never seen a movie that Timothy Chalamet is in. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Yeah. I can also conjure what he looks like from the Willy Wonka poster. Oh, from the Willy Wonka poster, yes. And he was in Little Women, too, I think. But it's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, I don't know enough. And so that's how. That's how it happens for your parents. Like, I don't think I've heard a Taylor Swift song. You're like, yes, you have. What are you talking about? It seems like to you, like something that you would have to go to such great lengths to avoid. But when you're living in an old world, it isn't. We recently took an all-family bet could my father name a single Taylor Swift song? Like, is Taylor Swift so pervasive in society that my father could name a Taylor Swift song? I'm going to say no. Did he? It was a solid no. It wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. He barely knows who Taylor Swift is. Now, he's older, you know, but it is interesting that, like, I mean, most people under the age of 70 have learned about Taylor Swift against their will, right? Even if they never sought it out, they don't care who she is. They know who she is. Watching an NFL game. But even so, somebody in our Facebook comments when we were talking about Taylor Swift was mad that she was dating Mahomes, the quarterback. And I was like, that's also hilarious because that's not who she's dating, but I know why you're annoyed. Like, that's kind of how my parents would have been. They're like, that's the one who dates Mahomes. And um, my mother went, went on a very funny rant that we never let her live down that Somebody mentioned Tom Cruise, and she's like, that fat actor, I don't like him. And we're like, huh, that's an odd statement. Like, Tom Cruise is not fat, and what are you talking about? Many things, right. And she goes, oh, I watched half an hour of that terrible movie where he was stuck on a desert island. And I was like, okay. So that's Tom Hanks, and also, he was only fat for the first, like, 45 minutes of that movie. And she's like, oh, I turned it off. It was terrible. Mom, you're so off on so many different levels. But I never thought I would be that person. And yet here I am. Timothy Chalamet. Never heard of him. Eh. Danielle said, 
I want to make sure I get to Danielle's because this is so spot on. I don't get this either. Danielle does not get those specialty sugar cookies that people buy for birthdays or special occasions. Danielle says they're pretty, but I've never had one that is actually that tasty. And for the price, I feel like the cookie should be delicious and pretty. I see people suggesting these for gifts, and I always make me wonder if there's some niche group that actually loves these cookies. No, there's not. It's me. Is it? It's me. Hi. I'm the sugar cookie eater. It's me. I don't understand that. I will about four times a year, maybe less, maybe two. But when it happens, it's very intense. I will awaken and nothing will do except for an iced sugar cookie with the really crackly icing that's like apple with a worm coming out of it, like with a design <laughs> on it. I want them truly maybe two or three times a year, but when I want them, it's the only thing that will do. I just look at them and I'm like, that looks the like crackly sugar and then you get to the- pencil eraser. I, no, I don't want it. Oh. They're good though? I might never have put one in my mouth because that's the thing. Oh, they're too pretty to eat and they just feel like- No, no, no. They're not too pretty to eat. When you get them like for a wedding or something and they've got the really crack, oh, they're so good. I mean, they're good and then sometimes they're really bad. Like they also- Two things, two horrible things happen. One is sometimes you get them and the cookie is gingerbread. Awful, horrible experience. The other thing is sometimes you get them and they're like mass produced and they're basically like eating chalk. It's just like chalk on top of like stale bread. If you get a really high end one. Really expensive. With the clickety clackety icing and the sugar crystals on top and then the really tasty, very firm, but slightly doughy cookie. Oh, so now you're going to make me crave one. So good. And my husband knows. I'm like, you got to go find me a crunchy sugar cookie. And he knows his assignment. I'm so glad we live in this world where you can have those cookies and really, really enjoy them. And I am free to not get it and live in a world where I don't have to have one if I don't. Isn't freedom great? God bless us all, Amy. <laughs> one thing we do get, friends, is that we need you to subscribe to our podcast. That was a rough and not eloquent transition, but here's the thing. But well meant, but from the heart. You may think like, oh, this podcast has been around. People listen to it. The fact of the matter is we need, want, and let's say it, we deserve more listeners. Tell a friend, post about it on social, and please subscribe wherever you're listening because it will really help us out. Yeah, just tap follow or, you know, throw us some hearts wherever you're listening right now. It really helps us. So thanks for doing that. And thanks as always for listening. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you 
you listen to your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.